Thank you for joining us once again here on October 25th with the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon title today is When Dreams Become Nightmares. Our special music is performed by soloist Stephanie Solterman singing Be the Center. Our first scripture reading comes from Ecclesiastics 5, 7 through 17. And our gospel reading comes from Matthew 16, 24 through 28. We hope that you have a blessed, filled week and pray that you have an exciting, successful, peaceful week upcoming filled with safety and good health for your family and friends and neighbors. God bless. Until next time. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture by saying the prayer for elimination together. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture reading is from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 7 through 17. Let us listen to the word of God. With many dreams come vanities and a multitude of words, but fear God. If you see in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and right, do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But all things considered, this is an advantage for a land, a king for a plowed field. The lover of money will not be satisfied with money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This also is vanity. When goods increase, those who eat them increase. And what gain has their owner but to see them with his eyes? Sweet is the sleep of laborers, whether they eat little or much, but the surfeit of the rich will not let them sleep. There is a grievous ill that I have seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owners to their hurt, and those riches were lost in a bad venture. Though they are parents of children, they have nothing in their hands. As they came from their mother's womb, so they shall go again, naked as they came. They shall take nothing for their toil, which they may carry away with their hands. This also is a grievous ill. Just as they came, so shall they go. And what gain do they have from toiling for the wind? Besides, all their days they eat in darkness, in much vexation and sickness and resentment. Thanks be to God. Jesus, be the center, be my source, be my light, Jesus. Jesus, be the center, be my hope. Be my song, Jesus. 
the fire in my heart, be the wind in these sails, be the reason that I live, Jesus, 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 be my vision, be my path, be my guide, Jesus, be the fire in my heart, be the wind in these sails, be the reason that I live, Jesus, Jesus. Be the fire in my heart, be the wind in these sails, be the reason that I live, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Our scripture reading comes to us from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 28. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? The man, the Son of Man, is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After I lived in Kenya for a year, I went to Walmart for the first time since I was back, and I was quite a bit overwhelmed. Uh, they don't have anything like Walmart in Kenya. Uh, it's such a giant store. I'd forgotten that while buying clothes and electronics and groceries, you can even get your car fixed. It was a shock to me. For I had lived out of two suitcases for an entire year. That's all I had was two suitcases full of things. It was a simple year. My apartment and food were covered, and I earned $300 a month for other expenses. $3,600. That's all I had for one year. Living in Kenya taught me to live simply when I was in my 20s. Uh, I didn't worry very much about finances when you don't have much finances. Uh, it was probably the happiest uh, time in my life, or one of them. Now, it's been 18 years since those simple days as a missionary. It's somehow, the living simple model of my years in Kenya has faded a little bit. For I have much more than two suitcases 
have a family, we have a mortgage, we have two cars, we have lots of stuff. Truth is, it's not so easy to live simply in America. I do have to admit with the pandemic, we haven't had as many opportunities to impulse shop, uh, not as many restaurants or movies or outings, uh, date nights or vacations. But that doesn't mean we haven't had a complete spending freeze. There are still many times when I get the itch for new techie stuff or exciting sales that go online. Now, buying things isn't bad. It's certainly okay to splurge once in a while. Certainly, I'm a product of our culture. But today, we're going to be talking about finances and budgets. And even though these are things we don't often talk, talk about, they affect our everyday living and even impact our faith. Now, it's important that you know I'm not judging anyone, and my hope is that none of you do either, because we're only in a position to really know our own financial situation. Nobody else really knows how much we make, how much we spend, our family situation, what kind of debts we have, how much we give. In his book, Enough, Discovering Joy Through Simplicity and Generosity, Reverend Adam Hamilton, whose book I'm using today and the, and the next couple of weeks, says this about the American dream. You all know the American dream. He says, it has to do with a subconscious desire for achieving and satisfying the desire for material possessions the opportunity to pursue more than what we have, to gain more than what we have, and to meet success. Consuming, acquiring, buying this is what the American dream has come to mean. Now, if this is what the American dream is, and we're all trying to attain this dream as good American citizens, then what happens when the economy comes tumbling down in 2008? Or when a pandemic crushes our world, small businesses across the world in 2020? According to CNBC, recessions are fairly common occurrences. Every generation is likely to live through their fair share of them. For instance, some baby boomers have lived through nearly a dozen. It's amazing, huh? In this case, the American dream uh, Adam Hamilton uh, shares can actually become an American nightmare. One that Siobhan and I knew very well in 2009. We had started our first jobs. We just bought a brand new house. We were about ready to buy a new car. And then we lost both of our jobs. Right at the height of the Great Recession in 2009, the dream we had, at least financially, turned into something other than that very quickly. Pastor Hamilton says it's due to two distinct yet related illnesses that impact us both socially and spiritually. Now, this book was written uh, 
not this year of a pandemic. So I would imagine if he knew what we know now, he might have used a different analogy. But I think it still works. The first uh, uh, related illness is ironically called affluenza, which he describes as a constant need for more and bigger and better stuff. And each of us has been infected with this virus to some degree. Affluenza is highly contagious. It's gone beyond advertisements. Anytime we have fun with a neighbor or friend, anytime we're on social media, we see our friends and family with something new, and we catch it. We're in constant desire of the next greatest or a better thing out there. If you're anything like me, we already have a list and know what we want to purchase next. Clothes, a new device, new furniture, new car, a new kitchen, that boat. Uh, My Amazon wish list has tons of items on it, so I don't ever forget what I want. Then there's the fact that we don't have enough room for our stuff that we already have. Like, like I shared earlier, according to the National Home, home Builders Association, the average home went from 1,660 square foot in 1973 to 2,400 square foot in 2004. Today, there's an estimated 1.9 billion square feet of self-storage space in America. Now, the second illness is what Adam Hamilton calls credititis. By now, and pay for it later, which feeds our desire for instant gratification. It's what our economy is now built on. It exploits our lack of self-discipline. It wreaks havoc on our personal and national finances. The average credit card debt was $3,000 in 1990, And today, it's $9,000. The average sale is 125% higher if we purchase with credit instead of cash. Credititis extends to car loans, mortgages, and other loans. Now, these two diseases are certainly part of the American dream. But the truth is, there's a deeper spiritual problem. It says in Ecclesiastes 5.10, the lover of money will not be satisfied with money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This is also vanity. Jesus tells us in Matthew 16.26, what will it profit us to gain the whole world but forfeit our lives? Somehow, the world, full of money and things, they catch our desire. It's hard to stop wanting more of it. That's the problem. It becomes a disease that steals our true heart's desire in pursuing the American dream and keeping up with the Joneses and our neighbors and borrowing against our future. These things rob us of the true joy These things enslave us, and they keep us from doing God's will at times. Instead, what we're really created for is to desire God above everything else. Our highest end is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. 
God is the reason we should be waking up in the morning, not for the greatest next gadget. As hard as this sounds, instead of being worried about which way the stocks go, God instead wants us to glorify him and follow Christ, even if it leads us to death, to the cross. And this is what's better, because it leads us to true peace, true love, and life. Now, it's not a simple task to live this way in our culture, in our world. And it takes a daily recommitment to God. And will take a big change in our lives. But like any doctor would tell you, you can't just treat the symptoms. Most of us can't just cut up credit cards to get rid of credititis, or some of us sell our stuff to get rid of affluenza. What we really need to do is go to the root of the problem, transform into what, who Christ is calling us to be. People who are already given enough by God called to be simple, to live simply, to live faithfully, and to be generous. Over these next few weeks, we'll look at the ways we can make a difference with our time, talents, and resources. Reverend Hamilton says, by pursuing good financial practices, we free ourselves from debt so we can have an impact on the world. A key part of Finding financial and spiritual freedom is found in simplicity and in exercising restraint. With the help of God, we have enough. We can, one, simplify our lives and silence the voices constantly telling us we need more. Two, we can live counterculturally by living below, not above, our means. Three, build into our budgets the money to buy with cash instead of credit. Four, build into our budgets what we need to be able to live generously and faithfully. You may have a few of these items already checked. Yet, as we learn to live simply and generously and faithfully, we discover that God is enough and God gives us enough so we can make it through uh, these hardest of life situations. allows us to lean on God's peace and joy, whether it be through loss or a recession or hardship or a pandemic. We live into that freedom so that when hardship comes, if you've lived through a dozen of them, we need that peace and joy and love. For we will also, no matter what our age is, we will live through these hardships financially again and again and again. And it will tear us apart. So we have to lean on God's peace and love to get through these things. During this pandemic, we've been stuck in our houses for many, many months. Noticed many people started clearing out their clutter, especially at the beginning. Maybe you were one of them. 
speaking of clutter, at one point when I was getting a glass of water, I realized I had so many cups, wine glasses, mugs. I'm probably not alone here. The next weekend, we ended up getting them all out. We put them all on the counters and the tables, and there were so many cups. And we even found some mugs from Disney World that were hidden under the sink. We got these mugs free since we stayed at the resort, but we never used them, and we were certainly never going to. We wondered why we even brought them home. The answer was very clear. We paid $3,000 for those free mugs, and we weren't just going to let them go. (laughs) The truth is, that vacation was wonderful. Brings us uh, happy memories. These mugs aren't bad. Things aren't bad. But they are just things. They clutter our lives. They never fully satisfy. We always desire more. Yet God gives us joy and peace and grace and mercy. Our stuff doesn't give us any of that. Instead, it leaves us with worry and comparing and stress. We've got to change our ways because we were created to desire God and God alone. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to simplify my life and to glorify and enjoy God forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith by standing and saying the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpreschats.org. O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S
www.kfax.org. You can join our live stream video for Sunday services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash firstpresschats. That's www.facebook.com slash firstpresschats. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians for the Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761382271153 Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. A nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove it. We pray you have a safe